All right, folks, somehow you've torn yourself away from Instagram and Twitter and Pinterest and LinkedIn and Facebook and Snapchat and WhatsApp to spend time with us for a new episode of No Cure for Curiosity. We appreciate you sharing your time with us and all those other social media tentacles of the Internet. Although we realize you may be posting and lurking and scrolling and liking even as you're listening, No Cure for Curiosity is our take on why it's important, integral, to keep creative at the heart of everything we do, and that inspires us along the way. I'm Dan Chichester. I've written ads and games and websites and comic books. I've edited stories. I've creative directed art directors and copywriters. Joining me, as always, are two friends and inspirations in their own right. This is Jeff Bradison. I've been a creative for, I guess, all my life, Um, working in advertising, but also uh, touching on music and photography, and I cannot turn creativity off, which is why this channel is perfect. Yep, and we'll be talking about social media. I'll be dialing in on that, and uh, obviously I'm also on those channels as well. And Mark, who is a writer, filmmaker, and playwright. So uh, back at it. It gets shorter and shorter week by week. Yeah. He's just going to come up with like just a single word description that just kind of like. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to think of a right film may right. Right film may right. We'll we'll hashtag <laughs> it, which would be perfect. So social media is this episode's theme, and specifically, it's social media, creative friend, or time draining foe. And I was reminded of this old classic J. Jonah Jameson headline from the Marvel Comics Daily Bugle newspaper. It said, Spider-Man, threat or menace? So, um, And then there was this other uh, quote that I thought was really great about this. And Oscar Wilde probably wasn't talking about social media when he wrote this, but I thought it kind of fit the discussion for the night. I won't tell you that the world matters nothing or the world's voice or the voice of society. They matter a good deal. They matter far too much, but there are moments when one has to choose between living one's own life fully, entirely, completely, or dragging out some false, shallow, degrading existence that the world in its hypocrisy demands. You have that moment now, choose. And that that struck me as very much where we are in between what social can and can't do. So, Mark, let's start on the upbeat. What's your favorite social media platform when it comes to creativity (laughs) and why? Oh, God. All right. You can um, hate them all. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm about 99% there. I'm not a big fan, and I'll get into that. I'm, I'm going to be the, uh, the devil on, this, on the shoulder on social media. But there are some things I like. I love Vimeo, um, and I don't even know if that's like kind of mainstream social media, but I feel like uh, I could go there, watch. It's well-organized. I could watch some real high-quality videos. I could discover some really cool videos from people you never heard of. It's obviously, uh, you know, it's a video site and it's from people who are passionate about video and the quality can vary, but it's, it's a good consistent theme. And I've found so many gems there. So on the positive side, I'm going to say Vimeo. So you're looking at that as social as like, it's a, it's an idea starter place for you. It's like an inspiration in the sense of what other people are sharing and what, and what you're sharing too, because you, you put all your films up there. Yes, and, and, and it is social to me, and that's what we're going to get into is this idea of social with a purpose and, and, and the idea that whether or not you're a filmmaker or whether you just like good films, um, the idea of watching a good film, uh, talking directly or, or you know, providing a comment directly to the filmmaker, responding to that you know, comment that the filmmaker may give you back, 
asking a question, responding to other comments. To me, that that's I like that social venue. You know what you're getting. You know, it's it's uh, a targeted social experience. And obviously, me being a filmmaker, um, I can put it out to an audience. Some who know me, some who don't. But what's nice about it is, you know, I'm sharing it with people with a common interest. And, and I find that to me is one of the best aspects of social media. Jeff, what about you when you think about like on the positive end of it? Does it what, what about social inspires or acts as like a, a learning group or a network or a feedback loop? Have you found that's that's positive for you? Yeah, definitely. There's a couple of different platforms that I gravitate towards. And whenever I go to social media, there's there's two sides of Jeff. There's there's time suck Jeff, and then there's uh, get stuff done Jeff. So if we're talking about the positive side of things, we'll talk about get stuff done Jeff. I like to go to Pinterest a lot. And uh, Dan, you might have actually been the one that turned me on to this many years oh, ago. I love Pinterest. I think it's great. And I remember you told me about it, and I was like, wait, is this the same thing that my wife is saving recipes on? And I went on there and I was like, you know what? Dan mentioned it. I'll go check it out. I checked it out and I was like, hmm, it's a lot more than I expected. And I mean, this is many, many, going many, many years back. Um, and it's been a friend of mine ever since. A great place to collect ideas as you're going through and doing research for a project or a, a creative endeavor. You know, it's a great place to pin stuff up onto a board so that you've got a, a repository that you can go to where you're like, these are the ideas that I found that inspired me or that connected with me or moved me in a certain way. Uh, and you can go back there and kind of get a bird's eye view. It's like, okay, this is really what I'm feeling about, you know, this creative endeavor that I'm about to, to take on. Um, so I found that really cool and interesting. And it's an easy way to share. Okay, I'm sorry, I want to interrupt you, sir. So when you use it as a repository, like, again, if it's a business sense, or even if it was your photography, is it is it uh, just the efficacy of Pinterest and that now you have this repository? or or, or, or is it like I'm trying to figure out from the social aspect, is it that you could get good ideas that you can then add to yours? Or and how does it become more than you just having a repository? I think the beauty of it is that there's so many different, I guess, little micro communities on Pinterest that obviously, um, you know, being an unlimited amount of people interested in a variety of things on Pinterest, there's going to be areas or hotspots where people are interested in similar things like you. And you can go to someone else's board and like, they'll have a bunch of things that like you may be looking for or inspired by, and they may do the same thing. I have mm-hmm. people that come in, you know, come into boards that I've created and grab things or following my boards or things like that. So in that way, it's kind of a mm-hmm. caring is caring kind of community, I think. So that was a question I had for you. Cause I've used it pretty much as like when we first probably got introduced to it together as pulling other things off it, but I haven't, I would say with Pinterest, not contributed a lot to it. You know, I've set up boards, but I don't, I don't put myself, I don't put a lot of stuff up there. Do you, do you use it in that way to build your own community or exchange of ideas? I do. I do. As a mix of some things I'll do where I'll put things up there, be sketches that I've scanned in and things of that nature that I'll add to it. Or there'll be things like I have a Pinterest plugin for Chrome, for instance, when I'm browsing the web or in different areas outside of Pinterest and I find something interesting, I'll, I'll hit that thing and then I'll find a board or I'll make a board that I want to put it in and I'm starting something new and I'll pop it in there. And that's been, you know, it's kind of cool. Yeah. So I'll pull in content from outside of Pinterest into Pinterest. You know, I wouldn't say a majority of the stuff that I've created myself, but 
Um, there'll be things outside of that world that I'll bring in. What does that do for you? Uh, I mean, just, I mean, again, and then, and I know we're talking two sides here. One is the business side. So if you're doing a, you know, a creative director or art direction or design for a client, mm-hmm. and then the other side is your, you know, your, your other passions that, that are, you know, sometimes professional, sometimes just the arts, photography mm-hmm. or music and stuff. So, so tell me, cause I'm, I am, I'm still trying to figure out social media. Yeah. yeah. What is the, uh, the value of doing that for you? I'll give you a perfect example. So for instance, uh, photography, one of my passions and, um, something I really love. One aspect of it is lighting mm-hmm. and this could apply to you, Mark. Yeah, absolutely. There are tons of pins on just lighting diagrams that people have created, you know, for a photo shoot. They'll right. have a photo shoot and then they'll like, mm-hmm. you'll see the photo that they came out from the photo shoot and then they'll either zoom back so you can see the whole set and then they'll show you the lighting and I'll explain it, which is cool. And you can just pin mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. It's basically like, right. this is the output and this is how they did it. Imagine in the video world, they've got something similar. So that's one example. There'll be, you know, behind the scenes photography, things like, you know, with product shots and things like that. They'll show you crazy things and how they've done that. You know, mm-hmm. in advertising, there's definitely areas of mm-hmm. ideas that you can explore, you know, for a certain category, for mm-hmm. a certain brand, for a certain look and feel. I've got design boards, typography boards. So it's, so it's a... Uh... It's a good resource like Vimeo is inspirational for me to find different kind of films. Pinterest helps you find either good professional tips for a professional photography job um, or maybe for a hobby. And so then you're contributing, figuring, well, I'm part of this community and I'm getting value out of it. So I'm going to add some value to it. I would say it's, it's kind of like, I would say it's almost like a, a, it feels almost like a barter system. There's not a lot of one-to-one communication like you would find on like Instagram mm-hmm. or Facebook or LinkedIn or those platforms. It's right. a little bit more like you give into the world of Pinterest and people take from it as well. And, you know, you take from it. And That's cool. It's worked out pretty well. My other thing I'm going to get to, and I want to hog spotlight here. I'll give a chance for you guys too. Wait, wait, I want to wait. Before, before you do though, I want, I want to get DC because yes. he kind of hides behind <laughs> questions a little bit. And, and I want to hear one from him a little bit. So you're a big, you're a big social. I see you all over no, the just, place. What, what I just your, got a bunch of robots, positive? man. They just like post shit. You know, it's like, it's like a random, <laughs> random generator. It throws like some stuff in, you know, like I have, I have this, this love. I don't know. No, I'm not going to say love, hate. I, I mostly it's hate, hate, but I, I, there's, there's a certain necessity of it. Right. And, and I kind of go in with this idea that, mm-hmm. you know, every minute you're on social media at 60 seconds, you're not doing something, you're not creating something. Right. And, and that, you know, there's that old right, thing, you neglect right. the muse and she's going to forsake you. But I, I recognize mm-hmm. the necessity of it from a, a business creative point of view. I've got to get my voice out there and get my voice out mm-hmm. there more. Now I will find places where I will be inspired and, and find things that, that you can, you can draw Mm -hmm. from like a Pinterest. I find bits of information and bits Mm -hmm. of interesting, you know, news on Twitter. I, I, you know, Twitter's been ruined. If I had, you know, a billion dollars, I'd buy Twitter just to shut it down to shut fucking Trump down. But, uh, (laughs) but to to me, um, you know, I still, I've, I've, I like that at the beginning of all social media is the best. I like the small, sharp, targeted, like little bits, right? And it felt like you could jump in and out quick. You could right. make a comment. People could like direct your attention to something really, really fast. And um, I think I still like that the, mm-hmm. the best in some ways for finding just little um, news stories 
or little mentions, or somebody's got a piece of software coming out that sounds really great. That's what I tend to track it for. And then I'll follow up on that and do a deeper read and then maybe turn that into something. In terms of all of them, and it's getting ruined now in a little bit because they're, they're larding more ads in between. I think actually Instagram still has, to my mind right now, the most pleasant attitude. And in a way, it's kind of a respite from everything else. It's a respite mm-hmm. from the chatter on Twitter or Facebook, which has mm-hmm. become, you know, arguing with my uncle about, you know, whatever meme he's putting up about something or, you know, somebody putting up 16 <laughs> political things on this end and 16 political things on that end. And then one person puts up and here's a kitten in a cup. You know, there's there's nothing just, just to kind of like. You know, equalize the pressure. So that's almost like useless in its way um, from a creative point of view. But I think there's some beautiful stuff on Instagram. I think there's great little bits from my point of view, you know, on Twitter as things that I then can feel like I can follow up on. YouTube, Vimeo, I love for what you can Mm -hmm. see. But maybe right now, and I know we're going to get into some of the contrarian things around social, but I think... I think you can look at a lot of that stuff and be both inspired by it, but you can also fall into this trap of what social media is. I don't measure up, right? There's that, that, that the longer form films sometimes for me is mm-hmm. that sense mm-hmm. of, well, why aren't I doing that? Am I, am I not good enough? Am I not measuring up in a way? Whereas the other stuff mm-hmm. I can feel like I can jump on top of it and I can, I can build my knowledge base and build my inspiration base more with with uh, with that type of approach. See, I didn't hide. Okay. I stepped out from behind. <laughs> cool job. All right, let me ask a question. Let me ask a question. Now you can ask your next question, DC. You know, this was specifically like around this Instagram idea. You know, I read this quote. This this guy said, "I can't remember any of the images I just liked on Instagram an hour ago." <laughs> Yet I can recall all these photo- you know, photographs <laughs> and images from when I was younger. And so the question becomes, is it, is it that new images just don't stand the test of time, even though there's beautiful things and we've all seen them? And, and, but is it also something about how, how our brains change? You know, if you look at a classic image, say, uh, you know, a news image, like the Viet Cong prisoner being, being shot, right, you know, in the head or whatever. If that was posted today, you'd have 10,000 comments on, on, well, that's not right. Then how dare that photographer or somebody would be screaming fake news and Photoshopped. And then, and then we'd all forget about it because somebody would take it down. Right. Right. Uh, (laughs) You know, so I guess, I guess my question is, has the mechanism of social and that kind of real time out doing each other commentary, is it almost designed to dilute something, something that before stood and everyone could sort of stand back from it? Is it, is it designed to almost dilute uh, a creative statement or have our brains just simply been rewired to everything is, is a five-minute blast onto the next? I think the question becomes, uh, is it diluted um, because there, you know, again, it, like mm-hmm. you said, it's just a, that quick hit and then a million comments. The other reason or, or maybe another uh, perspective of that, is it diluted because it's so damn easy to post and that there's a perception on social. I need to just keep getting my stuff out there, my brand or, or, you know, that I'm fascinated with this pancake I have in front of me or, you know, the beach water uh, shot without really putting time in to get whatever you're trying to get your message across, like the speed with which you can deliver it. And, and so many people just delivering whatever comes to their mind. It's a lot harder for anything to stand out. You know, that Viet Cong shot, 
would be up and then there'd be a million, like you said, uh, cats in a, in a, in a bowl or, or, you know, some, something like that. Or somebody turns into a meme, you know, and, you know, throw some funny comment. On. But so let me, let me run with that though, because with everything we've been saying over the last number of episodes, isn't that great? Like, like in truth, isn't it great that somebody could just put that stuff up there? They're putting up their creativity. And then if somebody wants to turn that, that horrifying image into a meme and they want to take it into a different direction, they've remixed it, right? Now they've remixed it into comedy mm-hmm. or they've animated it. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you agree with it, right. but is that is that part of the right. creative ability of social? Because before I wouldn't even have known about that image, right? Right. Now I, I want to animate it. I want to, I want to turn it around. Right. Is that... Is that good for creative creativity? That's fine. And I think that is good for creative because you're creating something. I don't think that the majority oh, of I know. and I'm off Facebook entirely. I, I'm done with it. And, and, you know, Facebook is better for it. The minute you left, I mean, it, it became everything. Right, Jeff? You're still on it. Everything calmed down. Like the dialogue became like a lot better. Not less. The Russians resigned from Facebook after I left. Yep. The mission, they had a big post up saying mission accomplished. We got Mark off of it. Whole, so the whole dynamic changed. You know? <laughs> but I, but I, I, I think what I was getting at, cause I'm going to, what you said, Dan, about being able to display your creativity easily is wonderful. If mm-hmm. you're actually thinking of displaying your creativity, if you, if you are going to show a picture of your kid in front of a, you know, a rock or something like that, you take a perspective, you find your best shot, you, you put in more than a minute. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that it's everything has to be, if you do have news about your family you want to share or about this exotic oh, sure, resort sure. you're at, you know, that's, again, it's, it's good. But I do think people get confused even when they say, I need to stay in, whether it's for business or not. I need to stay mm-hmm. relevant. I'm going to have 10 posts today. You know, breakfast, lunch, dinner, kitty cat, uh, my bed, my pillow. You know, it's like, so, so then the question becomes, well, is that creative or is that just so easy to put crap out there? And that's the question. It's an interpretation of creativity, right? I mean, I've seen influencers or, you know, social media mavens and, and their, their strategies for creating their, you know, their Instagram, uh, you know, uh, feeds and their images, right? Picture of me, nobody responds to it within 17 minutes. I put another picture up or I take that picture down and I change it, right? It's what, and, and there's, there's right. You, you can watch entire YouTube channels around how do you create that persona? And if you're creating that persona, that in itself is, is a form of creativity. It's not one that you want to exercise necessarily, but I think this gets into a weird different place of, and that's maybe where social has the power to allow people to express themselves in ways that we don't interpret uh, as something we would want to do. But I think social media is evolving because I think there's a level of dissatisfaction that's growing. And I think it's the same thing. It's it's like a, a paradigm shift, uh, different mm-hmm. universe than we did search engine optimization. Because we all remember five, ten years ago when search engine optimization meant, okay, you have to say your name 12 times in that first paragraph on your site. Then I ha- you have to link to your friend and you right. have to say your business or whatever you're doing if you're going to do an art project. And it was this terrible language, this terrible site, and you jobbed the social engines. And then Google came out and all of them came out and said, no, no, no more. If you try that, we're going to penalize you. If you don't write mm-hmm. good English and make it a good user experience, we're not going to put you to the top. And I think that's kind of the organic feedback we're getting. And what you we've just discussed among the three of us, 
if I'm going to go on social media and watch one more pancake or one more, you know, my kid graduating second grade holding up a diploma or 10 people on LinkedIn in business and standing in front of, you know, the, uh, the new bathroom they built in the office, I'm going to puke. And I don't see that. And if somebody, and, and you're right, the, if you follow the pundits from five years ago and they say, you know, get a new image or, first of all, they were at the forefront and the people at the forefront are different than that big swell that's behind it. Secondly, other than those who have already established, how many of those can, can, like, it's not sustainable to me. How many new ones come out and throw you, if somebody posts you 15 times on Facebook or whatever, after a while, you're going to just like kind of shut their post down. And you're not going to, just to me, to be able to say, hey, it's Mark, still here. Hey, Mark, 10 minutes later, still here. There's no value to that either from an a creative, artistic, or business sense. And I think that's, to me, maybe it's just me, but I hope that's changing. I hope I would love people to actually think through a few more of their posts. You go on Instagram, and I think there are a lot of people who, whatever they're doing, right, whatever they're doing, you know, f- photography about flowers, landscapes, crafts, Many people are, are carefully staging what they're putting out there to represent what mm-hmm. they are, whether they're trying to sell it or they happen to want to lay, you know, a, a, a piece of craft work up against the cappuccino. And, you know, and, and, and who is it for us to say, is it a creative ability or creative expression? And is it good? Is it good for them to be able to have that? But because before they wouldn't have had any avenue to get that out there. They wouldn't maybe wouldn't even have thought of it. Right. But what's the value? What's the, so they put it out there. Why am I spending my six seconds to look at it? And, and to your point, I'm going to say, I like Instagram as well. And I think Instagram is almost a retro in that there aren't a ton of le- links to, you know, there's not a lot of advertising and it's, it's a very, uh, still a, a short image based thing, either mm-hmm. a short video or a short uh, or one image. You could scroll through it fast. And I think it's not as bloated as Facebook or, you know, things like that. But, the the point is just because you're putting it out there what's don't you have to be responsible for i'm putting it out there but i want people to enjoy this not just say oh that's that's this person here you know jeff puts out a sketch or a photograph mm-hmm. i'm going to look at it cuz i like his quality uh you put out a funny comment about a comic or a quote or something like that you've thought it through you know if i put a funny comment i don't consider that necessarily being creative or exercising creativity, even if it's in a social channel. Mm-hmm. If I've created something, if I've created a video or, mm-hmm. you know, a dumb little comic strip making some political commentary or something where I'm trying to express myself, nobody may like it, but that's me saying something creatively, mm-hmm. right? I've, I've made a choice to do something. And I think the people who do that mm-hmm. right now with the cappuccino and the, and the you know, the, the craft work, I don't know why I'm on that. Like that's their creative expression. And I think that's an that's a window for them to do something that has to be recognized if is this a good avenue for creatives or is it a is it a waste of time? But but when you say recognize, recognized how? Like you can't you can't just say recognizing that I put it out there. Well, I go I go with like and this is this is going off from social, but like a couple years ago I had this argument with this big full of himself English guy at one of these business conferences who was going on about that self-publishing, on-demand publishing, right, was shit. If it wasn't a real Mm -hmm. editor Mm -hmm. editing a real book, it didn't matter. And Mm -hmm. my point was, well, if these tools and mechanisms have Mm -hmm. now empowered somebody to put together a book 
and publish a book. That's not just a vanity thing and leatherette in somebody's garage, but I could actually kind of get it out there. I, that author could suck, mm-hmm. right? And may very well, but he or she has expressed themselves and put it out there. And that's a creative expression, which these mechanisms enable. If you tell a, a story on Twitter, right? And you tell a, a 10,000 word story, 280 characters at a time, <laughs> you know, like, which some people have done. That's a, that's a pretty big accomplishment, I think. I think that's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool. It's, I think it's a pretty cool creative use of the platform itself. Right. You know? so, so that's my problem with social media right there. If somebody puts out something of interest, Jeff goes on Pinterest, sees some amazing stuff on lighting and photography and learns and picks up and gets inspired feels like this is a really cool it's almost a karma thing i got some good stuff i'm going to put some good stuff up there for the next guy that's the ultimate in social media for me but the idea that hey people who had Mm -hmm. not been able to express themselves can now express themselves yes there are going to be vince flynn was a writer who self-published and then he became a you know obviously had the quality to become an amazing author and that was wonderful. Uh, but the idea that somebody could just take your time to show their creative is why, in my case, I'm not on Facebook anymore. Because I have people who read those books. I had a cousin who was noted as one of the top social up-and-comers. And he's been an influential guy. If I got to see one more time his travel itinerary or the house in, in you know, the, the new lawn came in and Martha's I'm like, shut the fuck up. I'm done. I can't watch this. And that to me is not uh, him expressing himself. And even if he shows, you know, he went to a show last night and liked it. Okay, good. Call me if you want and we'll talk about it. But why am I reading all this? And to filter through all of those to get to the gems, I think that's why people go, or I'm not, I'm going to generalize. That's why I would go to more to a specialized social media site because I don't want to have to filter through every piece of crap that people are expressing themselves. With. Yeah, Mark, on that point, I just think uh, this is my point of view is like, I think different social media platforms, at least for me, distinctly serve different purposes. Like if I know if I go on Facebook, I'm not going on there to do research like that it's to catch up with what people are doing, interact with some people, definitely probably be at some, at some kind of waste of time. If I'm going on Instagram, I'm usually going on there to, to see people I respect and admire and see some cool things they might be doing. Share some things that I think that I'm doing that, that might be cool, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> and then, you know, like on um, going on Pinterest, you know, that's that that mm-hmm. I feel is like um, that's where I kind of get work done. It's, a, it's an, an efficient platform, at least for creativity in my, in my uh, experience. And a lot of times I don't go on Pinterest just to when I need to be inspired or from from it. There's times where I'll just on Pinterest and I'll be like, I'm going to work on my design board and I'll just throw things up there that inspire me for design. Cause no, I know one day I'm going to go up there and, and look for stuff. You know what you're talking about a little bit, Mark, I think is you've got to bring discipline to your creativity. If you're going to do this, if this place is a time suck and it is, you, you guys ever read that book, the war of art, you ever read that? You both, I think dig it. This guy's guy, Stephen Pressfield was the author and basically, his big argument throughout the whole book, and it's really well put together, is artists fight resistance at every moment of time. And that resistance takes the form of every self-doubt, every piece of procrastination. You're constantly fighting this to get to your, you know, your muse, to your work. 
those people were successful, they fight it back. And right mm-hmm. now, I think we look at Twitter and Facebook and the interwebs as, you know, overall, basically it's lipstick on a pig, right? It's lipstick, lipstick on that resistance. And there was an infographic I saw that said people spend an average of nine hours a day on social when you add it up, right? And that, that's a combination of, Jesus. well, no, I'm not possibly on Twitter mm-hmm. nine hours a day, but if you, if you add how many times, how many, you're an hour on a blog, you're an hour on a podcast, you know, you know, you're, uh, you're a couple hours on news sites, mm-hmm. um, micro blogs, mm-hmm. and, and we lose a sense of, of real life and control. And that means you have to police yourself, right? You could be lost on Pinterest, which you get a lot out of Jeff, and you could look up yeah. from the screen and it could be, you know, and, and we've all done it. It's an hour later. What the fuck did I just spend like an hour on Facebook for scrolling yeah. through Oh, a couple uh-huh. of, oh, look, that guy went to a comic uh-huh. book convention. I love what he did. Look at his artwork. That's really inspirational. But then I also went through. Oh, and cat video. Yeah, cat video. Mm-hmm. Or today, like, you know, Facebook did one of its, like, bullshit, like, you know, amalgam videos that they pushed out. Here's all the people that are important in your life. We created an auto-generated video. And, and there's a couple good shots in there. But then the rest of it is like, you just had a little girl who I don't even know holding a picture of a horror comic I did and your algorithm just completely misread that that old thing <laughs> yet I wasted time watching it you know there's nothing there's nothing good that came of that from a creative point of view so then again so then that's the, the thing if it's if it's a right if it's a creative boon a resource it's because you 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 have focused it enough to a be able to promote stuff that you believe in or even if it's not a professional thing, but you took time, as Jeff, the photographer, will tell you, to set up a beautiful shot. And that's the one you choose to share. Maybe there's only one post that week from you. But that's the thing I say, hey, this is what I'm proud of. It doesn't mean it has mm-hmm. to be the best in the world, but you put some thought into it. Or B, you have found a resource, whether it's a Pinterest or a Vimeo or, or Instagram even or, 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 or Twitter, where you say, I'm going to go in, I'm going to filter this, I'm going to find this, I'm going to look for that. And in my case, that means I have an alarm on for 20 minutes. And I'm going to try to get a post on if I think I have something worth posting. And I'm going to try to check in with a couple of things and get the hell out. Because I don't think, I think it's like TV. There's some amazing shows on TV. And then there is just, you know, channel surfing. And I think the amount of social mm-hmm. surfing is out of control. And that if we, like you said from the beginning, Dan, you're looking at it saying that's an hour. I could have been right, you know, writing a script or a poem or taking shots outside. Jeff, you were talking about using a social channel of a kind like Slack to sort of set up a little bit more of a, of a learning group. You want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. Yeah. So I am setting up a Slack channel and I found out that, you know, you don't have to be part of a corporation, have your own Slack channel. There's a way to do it where you can create your own kind of road Slack channel. Um, and what I've got is kind of like this New York ad pros connection group. And um, I'm going to get that going online. It's got a couple of different um, places people can hang out, but I'm looking for it to be a place where people can exchange ideas in real time. I know there's Facebook groups out there for that, but Slack is a, uh, a little bit more of a native platform for real-time chatting. And, you know, in some of these instances, you know, finding a partner, finding a job, finding a next freelance gig, you know, sometimes immediate responses uh, are a positive thing. So look for that link in a blog. 
um, we'll be posting it up there. Nice. Do you think that that kind of dialogue is, is that again, something that's helpful ultimately to, to creativity or has it just become a, a bitch session? It depends. I mean, I guess on <laughs> the platform you're on and the group and the admin on the group, mm-hmm. um, you know, it all depends on what kind of control factor is in place. If it's just an open group that doesn't isn't watchdog dog by anybody, it can get kind of out of control. Now, there's some other groups like you know, there's some New York ad you know job board groups that are uh, fairly active, very courteous, very kind of they keep themselves pretty well contained and on point, and they have an admin that's actively involved in. And these are pretty sizable groups. So it depends. Like, you know, I think there's factors that play into whether this thing is wildly out of control and a, a, a suck of time, or you can go there and expect to, you know, meet people and get business done. Have you guys ever used anything? I'm thinking of the idea of social as a way to kind of crowdsource opinion and test out ideas. Uh, there's a site called Deviant Art. I don't know if you, you know it, but it's especially used by a lot of illustrators that I'm aware of. And they're often putting up things as like work in progress and specifically to get feedback, you know, not just to share, right? Oh, here's my latest thing, mm-hmm. but, you know, help, help me make this better. Help me test this out. Is, is that something that is, that is good for creativity from, from your point? And have you seen good and bad lessons to learn from that? I love those ideas. I know I'm very familiar with what you're talking about with art. It's very cool. It's probably flies a little bit under the radar with most people. I've seen some of that on Instagram, believe it or not, mm. with some some artists, some photographers, things of that nature that they try things out. They post things up. Sometimes they're asking for feedback. Sometimes they're not asking for feedback, but looking at the responses, which I guess is kind of passive feedback. I think if you're actively looking to do that, I think there's an opportunity to create groups like that, like create a Facebook group or create a... Instagram account specifically for like creative feedback and make your own thing. I think DeviantArt is cool, but like I said, not many people are, you're going to have a hard time building an audience there just because I don't think a lot of, a great number of people know about it. No, I think it's more a niche. Yeah, yeah, but it's yeah right. That That's the socialization there is, is if not like-minded people, at least similarly interested people. I love it. I mean, I, I haven't done DeviantArts, but I remember being in a writer's, uh, and there was actually a group that was started years ago by um, Francis mm-hmm. Ford Coppola. I've heard of him. And it was... He made a couple, <laughs> he's of, been around. couple of short things on... He's got a YouTube channel, right? Yeah. I think he did a couple of movies. <laughs> but uh, he had a site where if you signed up and registered, you could post your mm-hmm. play and and have other people, two people read it and give comments. And then you had to read on somebody else's. I think that was the promise of social is that you've got people who are a little bit vetted and that they had to have some works done. You got perspectives when you wanted, just like the deviant arts thing. And you, you had workable stuff. And it also, instead of slowing your creativity, where you were like, oh, geez, I just, you know, cotton candy. I went through an hour of Facebook. I don't even know what the hell I watched mm-hmm. or listened to. You almost felt, as as I've done in many writer groups, next Tuesday's the meeting. I got to get my eight pages written so I don't sit like a fool. And I thought that was the best. So if Arts is that kind of thing, then, again, it's what's nice also is you're not looking for how many likes or hits in that case, unless you're, in Jeff's case, the informal research of, Okay, I'm using the likes and hits to see which design looks better. Right. I love all that. 
I just don't think there's enough of that. And I think that's Do you do that problem. with any of the films, Mark? Are there film groups like that where you share any of your ideas or scripts or work in progress? I have not. Uh, and that goes back to social again, because I feel that I have my direct, intimate, informal group that I would personally mm-hmm. call. And I'd say, what do you think? And you're one of them, Dan. So yeah, it's like, hey, here's something that I, I'm, and generally I'll do it to a point, if it's a writer's group where I physically used to go, and I had an amazing one that I used to go to with a lot of different people in publishing and writing and stuff, then I may do a work in progress. But I like to get it to a point where I'm saying, okay, I think I'm done, but I need someone else on the outside. So for me personally, no, I, I don't put half done work on the web, but I would put something that I think, okay, it went by my inner sanctum of people that I know. Now I'm going to try that. Now I'm going to see what others think. And again, as, as we've discussed, when you, when you're creative, you have to be able to filter feedback from anywhere. So the idea of free feedback from people who are somewhat vetted, I would do it on, on those kinds of things. What about the, uh, the, does anyone ever worry about oversharing in the sense of, um, like I'm putting something great out there and somebody's going to rip it off, right? You know, I've seen lots of things of, of uh, artists, you know, that's my design suddenly shows up on a t-shirt, you know, on T Fury or something like that. Is that ever, is that ever a concern in the things that you guys have put out there? Not really. Not to me. I mean, like, if it's, if it's a direct ripoff or someone uses my art like directly, then there's this copyright law for that. You know, if, if someone's inspired by it, listen, I, I'm not going to hold anything against them. Like, like, great, take what I've done and run with it and make something awesome that's slightly different tangent or you put your own feel on it. That's great. But taking someone else's stuff verbatim and using it to sell something or right. sell t shirt might be not cool. Unless, unless they gave you one, right? I, I find that you, if, if I put in one of my films or even my name and stuff, it's like those pages three through six on Google are all like, you know, with the, a Russian uh, URL at the end. And it's like movies to watch and stuff like that. And it's all these different places. And, and you think, oh, that's interesting. Are they, are they selling them or is there a pay-per-view here? Is it, is it the porn ads that, you know, covering it? So it's like, I have no clue. I know it's, it's that great murky right. outside world. and There's nothing I can do about it. So two clicks away from porn or gambling. So that's the beauty of the internet. <laughs> that brings up, and maybe you were going to get to it, which is uh, the exploitation, not only of what you've created, but, your information, a la Facebook and Cambridge Analytical, Analytica and stuff like that. I mean, um, that's a, that to me was the final straw with mm-hmm. Facebook. Uh, that's, I mean, I, I had been feeling a negative connotation from a visceral point of view, as, as you said, Dan, like an hour later, you're like, holy Christ, that's the hour I could have really been refining my editing on a video or learning a new mm-hmm. application or something. And now I didn't, I didn't get anything out of it. I didn't get inspired. I, didn't, I just feel like vacuous. That was step one. Step two was the complete, uh, and I can't blame Facebook or a lot of these sites where they got completely exploited for political reasons or whatever. Oh, you can, you can blame them. They know what they were. That's what they're made to yeah. do. Well, I guess that exactly. I guess my middle level was the fact that so many of these people got, uh, so many of the sites got exploited that I said, all right, uh, that's strike two against Facebook, but I'm not done yet. Strike 
three, or that was strike three was the Cambridge Analytica because there they were profiting from it. There they were saying, okay, you have this kind of money. We're going to just willingly turn a a blind eye. We don't care what you're doing with the information. And, and the final, maybe strike four was their ad. (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh Their ad just made me sick because it was the apology ad where they never apologized. They, and I, I love that era. They say, remember, we used to be fun and wholesome and you just saw your friends. Then something happened. Something happened. What happened? You something know? happened. Yeah. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I said, oh, that's it. You're apologizing by not right. apologizing. No, thank you. Goodbye. But that is a big concern of mine anyway, is uh, I, again, if the classic line, hey, me and the family going on vacation. Going to be out of the house for two weeks. You know, that's the old joke. Well, then great. Tell the robbers you're out of, out of the house. So I mean, it's just scary what happens to the data and how much people put out there without really thinking about the ramifications of it. You've looked at that from a very, I'll say, intellectual point of view, obviously emotional too, but you've, you've thought this through of reasons why you don't want certain social channels in your life and in your creative workflow the other thing that sort of occurs to me, and I'm just curious how you guys feel, I, I sort of mentioned a little bit before, you know, one of the bigger considerations on social overall, uh, forget about creativity or anything else, is that is how it's damaging people's, their minds. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's damaging, damaging their psychology in the sense of that feeling of I'm missing out on something. I'm not good enough. You know, I look on on anything. I look on Twitter. I look on Facebook. Jeff just had the best meal of his life. Look at that picture. You know, Mark just went on the best vacation ever. Mark posted another award-winning film. <laughs> Kevin Cytek, let's, na- let's name drop him, just hit like, you know, 150 million subscribers and signed toy deals with, with everybody under the sun for his YouTube channel. What have I done lately? Is that damning to creativity in the sense mm-hmm. of like, because, you know, creativity is a fragile thing and artists are fragile people. Or are you guys just better than all that? Or does that, create its own negative feedback loop when it comes to social or are there ways to, to channel it and challenge yourself with it i mean i look at all these things facebook being a big one and i always see it as this is everyone's life edited yeah you're only seeing the good parts there's no there's nothing nothing bad is happening here so i take it with a grain of salt you know like when people just post, hey they're posting the good stuff right people are going to say a lot of times post the bad stuff so I don't usually feel bad when I see someone having an awesome vacation. Great, you had an awesome vacation. It's probably going to be another you know, like six to eight months before I see, see you post that again. You know, there are people that, that travel the world and just go crazy. There are there are people that do that or make a living off social media and, and their followers and just post awesomeness all the time. Um, but again, I just see it as like just not based on reality at all. But I think the other side there is it. I think it 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 depends on your own personal meter of how guilty you are that you are on Facebook when you could be creating. So to me, it's kind of like I see somebody did a a great film or wrote an amazing short story and it, you know, like, well, geez, here they are getting an award. And then it comes back to, and what the hell have you been Mm -hmm. doing the last half hour? So it still comes back to that. And that's kind of the experience of it uh, where if you're starting off from a negative position of why am I on this social media right now, it's very easy to fall into that 
why am I on social media watching this person's vacation when I can't afford to go on vacation or get my work done so I can get away for vacation? So I think the issue is if you come at it with a negative feeling of I'm not even going to enjoy this or I know I'm sneaking away from something I should be doing, then it's very easy to fall into that trap of people are having better lives than me, that I'm watching them have a right. good life, you know? I have one more peeve, one, one more peeve. And it's really this, when you're using social media, I think you need to question, because I did, and I realized this, question if the fact that you're getting information from those sources, there are better ways to get information. So, and I'm not saying it, that, I'm not saying that's always yes. I think when Jeff does gets inspiration on on photography or something like that. Pinterest is probably a wonderful site for that kind of stuff. But I, I read an article about millennial uh, Generation Z, and this young lady had a beautiful uh, essay, uh, op-ed story that got picked up by the Times, and I'll have it in the liner notes. And, and she makes a passionate case for the importance of uh, social media in her generation for for social values for morality for understanding the world but the question i have is with the amount of fake news and i hate even using that term but with the amount of unedited or unfiltered stuff that goes on there would you be better off on your iphone to go into the news section and read the news there would you be better off going on the site of museum of modern art and looking at that artwork or those kinds of things that's the question I would ask, because I have found that since I've walked away from a lot of social media, I'm better off getting good inspiration directly from the sources and knowing what I'm going at. And not all the time. And as I say, in Jeff's case, or in, in my case, if I go to Vimeo, I'm going to get good stuff. But a lot of the other stuff, I might be better off going to Netflix and getting a, 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 a vetted documentary or something like that. So that's my my question out there. That almost segues into a little thought that I had and we hadn't covered off on. And you would, you touched upon it a little bit with Vimeo. You know, one of the things I like, and I wouldn't say this is, I wouldn't categorize this as social media, maybe as a social platform, mm -hmm. is YouTube. I think it's social media. Absolutely. Sure. Sure it is. Yeah. I think for me, at least, YouTube can be very much a double-edged sword. Uh, a lot of times I come there, mostly I use it as a place to learn. For me, I mean, I'm also a musician, so I'll learn new new songs, a little bit of music theory. I've learned some things about that. I think it's a great platform for that. Learn about photography, learn about a new piece of software. You know, I just find it's it's a really good place for for that. As a, the double edged sword, as you could see, another video about something else that doesn't doesn't maybe push you forward in your skills or learning and stuff like that. Take you on a different route. But overall, I mean, it's just something I wanted to give a shout out with and and, and say it's cool. One other minor thing, and Dan, you can edit this out if you want, but a little bit of an obscure social media platform that I'm on is called Strava. Strava? Um, I don't even know that one. Okay. Ah, the bicyclist. Yes. So, so Strava is a is a cool social media platform. It's a full-on social media platform that is um, basically social media specific for athletes, runners, cyclists, swimmers, Basically, anything that can have a GPS track you and your speed. And the interesting thing about it is it tracks your um, your routes, how fast you went, your average speed. Uh, has competition mode where you can kind of compete against people on similar routes. Um, so it throws in a little bit of gamification. Mm -hmm. 
you post your, your rides or your runs or your swims and people comment on it. Um, and you can also attach photos to it. So it's kind of an interesting social media platform with a gamification component to it. I have heard of this. Yes, yes. For, for cycling and fitness and stuff like that. I think it, it's pretty cool. I've gotten mm-hmm. involved with it lately, and it's, uh, and it's an interesting thing. The guys that I've ridden with, group of guys, are all on it. We always chat. We even kind of make group rides on it. So, But that reinforces what you did on Pinterest and what I was talking about with like Vimeo or even Dan about DeviantArt or that other thing. It's When it's a focused group that's kind of vetted, because if you're on Strava, doesn't mean you're the fastest and you may not even yeah. aspire to be the fastest. But if you rode that same hill that the other guy rode and you're now part of that club, you have a, a common interest. Yes. And when you go on Strava, you're not wasting your time because it's propelling you to do more in your particular run, bike, swim, or whatever. Exactly. And it's and it's it's inspiring you. So I love focused social media yeah. like and that. Even people comment on a ride, they'll be like, oh, I did that ride last week. That hill is killer. Or I blazed down this part. I have wind on my back. Whatever it might be. People share stories and stuff like that. And it has a photo component of it that um, – you know, it's interesting too. Like people post photos from their whatever they're doing, running or riding. Some people are, are swimming that are kind of interesting mm-hmm. too. It's almost like a little bit of like light Instagramish kind of quality to it as well. As you described it, like I was reminded, I did stumble upon it because of social media. I saw like a notice on maybe Medium or Twitter, and followed through to some larger article that was actually about some woman who uh, broke up with her boyfriend because they were doing Strava together. They were like challenging each other. And then she started to notice like this other woman showing up in his Strava feed and they were doing <laughs> the same rides and then more rides together. And, and the, then their rides would have like longer, you know, gaps of time at one place they would stop off at. So it disintegrated the entire relationship. So it has its ups and its downs. And just to loop Strava back into our creative conversation, there are actually Strava artists who plan their routes mm-hmm. so that then when they ride and they're logged by GPS, their routes make pictures. That's cool. That's cool. That's fun. All right. So you brought me back a little bit, Jeff, because I hated social media when we started. Now I'm thinking there's a glimmer of light. There's a glimmer of hope, maybe. Okay, so keeping curiosity incurable, it requires feeding it a steady stream of a pure creative virus. So what's kept you going this week, Jeff? This is artist. This is an Instagram artist. Um, his name is Pablo Rochat. And uh, the interesting thing about him, that's kind of cool, and I follow him. He's got quite a, fo- quite a follower, 63,000 plus followers, um, is that he uses the Instagram medium as a way to create his art. In other words, he'll create a piece of art over a couple of different um, Instagram posts that string together or he'll create art that when you swipe from one picture to the other, it becomes like an, a panoramic. He kind of hacks Instagram um, in a way to kind of um, create art on Instagram, which is pretty cool. It's, it's interesting to see the way that he, he pushes the medium. Nice. That's pretty cool. Dan, what do you got? Uh, I'm going to give a shout out to this musical group I came across. They're called the Dead South. So uh, they're like a Canadian group and they look like they came up from below the Mason Dixon line with a stop off in like Amish country. I mean, this is, they like, <laughs> and I, uh, the first I heard of them, there's this tune and this music video. 
uh, with this great title, In Hell, I'll Be in Good Company. And they're working a banjo, they're working a cello. They've got these serious musical, like, earworms that just get in your head. And to me, it's like a, a roadhouse is backed up against a swamp, and they're either running moonshine there, or they're dumping bodies. And it's just become this kind of go-to soundtrack, uh, especially for uh, this comic I'm working on with this guy, Carl Waller. But what about you, Mark? Well, it's it, funny enough, Jeff, you mentioned Strava, and I was going to hit my creative inspiration is a physical inspiration of a site called Swerkit, S-W-O-R-K-I-T. And I stumbled across it. Um, it's it's basically uh, a, a kind of an autobot where you could do personal, you get these personal trainers, but it's all AI and stuff. So you choose how much time you have, if you want to do cardio, if you want to do car, whatever you want to do. And it gives you a workout in that time. And what was inspiring to me, and I got in on the beta, so I'm not paying, which is wonderful. That's always nice. Now I think that you could pay 80 bucks a year or something, but I actually would use this over a gym membership because what I love is that everything is body weight. Everything is do it in your living room, everywhere, wherever you are, uh, five minute workouts. So you can do five of those in a day. And what's cool is they, they were on shark tank and whoever bought into them and they've really been very smart in their marketing. In fact, on, inst- on Instagram, their whole thing is people working out on a mountain or working out in these remote locations. Cause all you really need is your phone. That's it. You need, and, and everything else is covered. So I love the social aspect of it. Like you said, Jeff, where people are just saying, Hey, I just worked out at the airport, you know, five minutes of, of stand up stretching. And I love the idea of that web 3.0, wherever we are, that you really just need that. So it's a fun combination of both. And it's like a Strava for exercise. And then it goes right into your Apple health. So you can see way. So between Strava and Swerk It, you both are way too fit for me. <laughs> Let's go get ice cream. Well, take it away then. So in the grand spirit of social, we hope that you'll tweet and Facebook and post and comment about No Cure for Curiosity. Even better, we'd love you to join in. Send us your questions, your comments, your corrections, your contrarian opinions. Shoot us a text or even better, an audio email to no cure for curiosity to podcast at gmail.com. And next time out, it's going to be 15 minutes of fame. Andy Warhol was so right and we'll be sure and explain who Andy was. Uh, so as for now, at this time, it's mics off and it's music up. See you later. Bye.